0: Straight up, the price of admission, growth stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, fighting below the surface, win or learn. Always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. They're still kindling that fire, taking to the fleet and beyond. Living the values today through faith, with the family, and at the job. Obsessed with ownership and accountability, winning at all costs, with uncompromised integrity, pedal to the metal, paying the price of admission. Let's go. Uh, all right, dude. Well, Let's kick it off. Uh, number two podcast, experiment number two with Austin Milky. I'm going to say a couple things about him before he uh, tells us who he is. But um, uh, this is the Louisianan. Right of the of the of the brothers, the uh, the raging. Is it crawfish or crawdad?
1: It's crawfish, but I mean, all you Yankees call it crawdad. Crawdad.
0: <laughs> yeah, cra- Yankees from Texas is that where Yankees come from? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yeah.
1: you're like Western Texas. Yeah,
0: one of the Naps guys, uh, preparatory school out of Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, I would say, and I think a lot of brothers would agree. Uh, Austin was probably one of the more the smartest of the group, uh, and a little bit more mature. You know, probably had some more, um, you know, higher amounts of responsibilities as a as a kid or in high school before coming to Naps. So he was the guy with the car, right? You're the one that you and um, Kennedy had vehicles. And no one else did. Um, so obviously, it was naturally popular for that for that reason. Um, probably the only reason? Yeah. <laughs> But, but for real, you know, Austin, uh, super reliable, um, you know, awesome journey there going through with you through, through school and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you heard the first one that we did, uh, talking about the the price of admission kind of centered around that going through, you know, some adversity, um, you know, any kind of adversity and, you know, that journey and, and sharing that story, I think is, is pretty valuable. So wanted to get you on today. Thanks for coming. Um. Dude, tell us who you are. Let's
1: hear your your story. Yeah, so um, living in Louisiana, back in my hometown of Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm married to Amy. We've been married going on nine years. Uh, we got three kids. Joe Allen is about to be eight. May is six, and Peter's four. Um, between those four, I got my hands pretty full on a day in and day out. Um, got out of the military, active duty, and 16, got out of the reserves in 19, um, and then I've been doing uh, the Chick-fil-A operator, owner-operator world since March of 17, so going on um, five years, Um, so doing a lot of just different, unique things, Um, pretty heavily involved with church council, um, pretty heavily involved in coaching the kids, just a lot of moving pieces, man.
0: That's it in a nutshell. That's all you need to know about Austin Milky. <laughs> Dude, four kids.
1: Four kids, I got three.
0: three and I'm trying to keep up. I got three. You got three. I thought you said four. Um yeah. Joe Allen, how old is he?
1: He's about to be eight.
0: About to be eight.
1: And the next two. May is six and Peter is four.
0: Four four six eight. Yep. You have another one?
1: I hope not. <laughs>
0: you hope not? What happens, happens, right? Yep. Well, good, dude. Um, price of admission. What does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I, I I listened to what Marshall had to say, and I've got a agreement and a disagreement. I think that um, there's not necessarily a definition that you can put on it, right? I think that it is something that is just paid day in and day out. But my argument and my disagreement would be that we did get some return in that. I think that that has set us all to be um, – good citizens, good fathers, good husbands, good businessmen, good military men. Um, I think that that price of admission was what we had to pay to set ourselves up for future opportunities, not necessarily that that would be success, but just the opportunity to be in a position to create success. Um, You know, the Naval Academy wasn't an awesome place to be at, but it's a great place to be from. And I think that that price of admission was definitely something that we paid for future upside.
0: Yeah, the creating success. Um, how are you creating success today? I mean, what what's that taught you? Uh, you? You're working at Chick-fil-A. You're, I mean, you're a business owner, right? I am a business owner. So what do um, you... How do
1: I create success today is, is, is pouring into young men and women that are coming in and out of my every day and serving customers day in and day out. You know, I I was thinking about it um, yesterday, this morning. I got out of the military because I wasn't necessarily excited with the way that I saw it going. I saw men and women that were getting sloped in, qualified, that I didn't think had any business being in the military or leading our future sailors and Marines. Um, And I wanted that opportunity to make a bigger impact. And I got the opportunity what I'm doing now. So, yeah, I'm I'm operating a Chick-fil-A Um, down in new Iberia, Louisiana. Um, it's going well, you know, I mean, we're, it struggles a little bit just because of the oil field and that the oil field's not rocking and rolling, but I've got anywhere from 72 to 78 employees that I'm getting to make a large impact on, whether it be financially, morally, mentally, physically, something, there is a way that I'm getting to see their life for the better. You know, I kind of tell a story, um, when I was in Houston and operating a mall, we had um, two sisters that came in with like 200 credit scores. By the time I left, they had 600 credit scores. You know, awesome. you're really changing. You get the opportunity to change people's lives doing this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what it. That's what it is, and that's what it takes pouring into into others for sure. Um, tell us a success story out of your out of your all your employees. Was there's just that one that stands out that was like, man, going no, man, the wrong I mean, direction. Um, you know, stepped in. What'd you do?
1: Yeah, I think I think my biz, biggest success story is the opportunity to just empower young men and women. I mean, I've got, um, you know, one young lady that works for me now. She's running our catering and delivery, delivery service. So we've kind of turned ourselves into an Uber Eats or a DoorDash, specifically for Chick-fil-A. So adapting. Um, I have flexing. drivers and all that stuff. Yeah, and so she's taken it from probably a $250,000 business by itself and turned it into a million-dollar business. and She owns it. She runs it. She's in charge of all of it. Um, and when I met the young girl, I mean, she was fighting me over um, whether she had a bigger upside at Cane's or Chick Fil A, and it's just I had to fight to get her onto my staff. And now it's been one of the best blessings I've ever gotten, just watching her grow. You know, she's I think she's 22, um, about to get married, has a daughter, has a step, will have a stepdaughter. It's just it's just uh, fun to watch them succeed.
0: Yes, and you know, there's there's a lot of that right now. Uh, companies, it, it like the war on talent, you know, it's like super hard. Um, it it's interesting
1: be- that you bring up that war on talent though, because I think that, and this is a total offset, but watching young men and women, and and I prefer these young 16, 17 year olds. It's their first job. I can kind of mold them and turn them into what I want. But watching the parents and the way that they inject themselves into that employment is, is, it's hampering these children. It's hamstringing them. I mean, you know, I, I I had a two-page text message from a mom the other night talking about how um, this kid who hadn't shown up for three straight shifts um, was anxious and nervous, and then had a nosebleed thing, and and you know, so on and so on. And I'm like, why can't your child tell us this? Why can't your son or daughter inform us of this so that we can work around it? Like we're still human beings. We it's it's a heck of a lot cheaper for us to keep your son or daughter. Um, and not have to retrain somebody else, but if you can't communicate, or if you can't teach your child to communicate that to their employer, there's no chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to think of a couple of examples there on my end there, but finding the confidence for that individual is make or break, right? You just got to figure out what it is. And everybody's so different. Uh, putting those a lot of times for us it's,
1: it's forcing them to have the tough conversation right and that tough conversation could be a two-second conversation or it could be a 20-hour conversation we're just teaching them the ability to and i think that's some of what the world lacks right now is, is teaching yes. people to have a disagreement and a conversation and walk away and say i see your point we see my point and let's find a common ground and it just doesn't seem to exist whether it's uh, you know, we call them team members, with team members with team members or leaders with leaders, whatever it is, it just, it doesn't seem to exist.
0: Yep, no, I agree with you. And, and even if there's no common ground, sometimes a decision just has to be made and you roll with it, right?
1: But that leads back to that price of admission, right? Like a lot of that was learned skills that we had to figure out as, as you know, young men navigating the military, navigating the um, Nimitz Hall, navigating Molino, whatever it was, right? You had to figure out how to, especially like a plea, you had to figure out how to deal with your upperclassmen and, hey, I'm not going to be able to make this, I'm not going to be able to make that pro quiz, whatever it was. And, yeah, some of it was advantageous for us, but that was all things that we paid, learning how to... Manage up, manage down. we communicate something, manage... It. Yeah, exactly, manage up, manage down, and get to where we had a future opportunity of success.
0: Yeah. So that that individual, is they come back or...
1: No, I mean, we... Lost It out. was... Yeah, three, three issues in a week, you know, it's just I a pattern you. of that won't change itself. And, and the parents aren't going to let them deal with it. There's no point. in I don't employ the parents. So.
0: Yeah. I know you're a, a stellar father to your kids. I know you spend extra time with them. I know you do uh, books at night, tuck them into bed, right? We do. We do. Good. Because they need it. And you? I do most of the time. I miss a night every now and then you can ask amanda about it but
1: I would uh I would say Amy my wife is one million times better at that than I am um, I, my disposition is is no patience whatsoever so she's uh hey. I'm a uh, lay there tickle you hug you and she's the one reading
0: yeah you uh they should connect for sure uh, i'm I'm really thankful for you know Amanda does all that stuff too and um, I have a automatic uh, breakfast machine, like in the morning, that's what I'm so thankful for, is like when I get up, like even early before she even has to get us up, get up, man, she's like making me omelets in the morning, uh, sometimes it's so you know, sometimes it's a, you know, get it yourself, but most of the time, um, you know, she's just a, a great mom and uh, i can't just so thankful for her and it, and it sounds like you got a great one too, I know you got a great one, so, uh,
1: helps shape the the foundation, right, parents. Yep, but again, like, Going back to your def or your question about the price of admission, like some of the some of the lessons that we learned, and I know you're a two percenter with Amanda, but some of the lessons that we learned playing football, and some of the lessons we learned in the hall, like that applies to your marriage, right? Those tough times, you have to have those conversations. You have to have that ability to button up your chin strap and figure out what you're doing on third and short to to score score on the goal line. There's just there's that all applies to what we're doing now, whether it be fatherhood, marriage, whatever it is.
0: No doubt. Well, man, running your own business. Um, You know, is there something like if you could go back and tell your younger self to do something different now, is there something you would do different? Or you tell yourself.
1: Uh, I would reinforce going to the Naval Academy. Um, I would reinforce playing. I almost quit. Oh, I did too. I did too. (laughs) After PJ left, I wanted to leave. When Spence left and they put Colton in charge of of tackles, I knew I was in trouble. Um, And it's just, yeah, I would reinforce doing it again because the, you know, like Marshall was saying, like in those dark times, there are certain people that you can reach out to, and I don't think that you would have gotten that in that typical college education. I mean, you know, you got your, they have frat brothers and sorority sisters and stuff like that, but I don't know that the level of depth. Would exist without it. You know what I mean? Um, just picking up the phone, BSing with you about a franchise opportunity or something. Like that doesn't, you don't have that confidence with somebody without taking those live reps and, and beating each other senseless in college.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, <laughs> I can be annoying sometimes. Sometimes I get these like wild hair ideas. And I'm like, I need to talk to someone about this. Who would, be, <laughs> who would be the best? So I'll call you about, hey, franchise ownership. What do you know about it? Is it worth Yeah. But, um, so, let's dive into that a little bit further, Mr. Colton. and Oh, gosh. No, I mean, give the guy some credit. Um, All of our coaches taught us things. Uh, You you thought about leaving after PJ's gone, went through some coaching changes. Um, Can you remember, like, is there something that stuck out and was like, this now is horrible, or this is, whatever triggered you?
1: I went, um, so going into Spence Leaves, I was going to be probably a two-year starter, um, and I had a play on, I think it was fall camp or maybe in spring ball, I don't remember. Um, I had terrible feet on the play, and uh, little Sutter knocked me on my ass, I mean, just flat on my ass, and I went from first string to seventh string in a, in a blink of an eye, and I wasn't upset about that, like it was a terrible play. Um, I looked like an absolute idiot Um, and and I got destroyed right so it's not the fact that it was that it was that I was never I felt that I was never given the opportunity to even regain that spot I got you Um, and so you know we're going I think that was I think that was fall ball Um, and you know I was you know a couple weeks after that I would I went into Colton's office I said look we obviously don't see eye to eye Um, and I'm not sure I've ever even told this story to anybody except for my dad um, but we don't see eye to eye. We, What do I got to do to just get an opportunity, right? And so he looked me dead in the eyes. I have no problem with you, Austin. I think you're a good person. Um, and I don't even remember what it was said, but it was a bold-faced lie, right? Like, the dude wouldn't give me two seconds.
0: So you are trying to have a tough just, conversation with him, and it Right, and the, and
1: the guy just completely skirted it. And it, it was just one of those moments where, like, I realized, like, you have to be able to be – Transparent enough and humble enough to to realize when somebody's calling you on stuff, and I I feel like I do that a decent amount now, um, but it was just that it was just that boldface lie of like no we've got no problems I think you're a great kid blah 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 and I was like you're you're just full of, it. um, I think the other big lesson that I was not very good at then but that I now realize was so I guess game five of junior year I ended up breaking back into the starting line and almost blew my knee out. It was against Rutgers. Um, And the docs said, you know, six weeks recovery. Uh, It was a grade two MCL, six week recovery. And we played Wake Forest, who was 16 in the country next week. So I took two days off and play next week. And then I think Pittsburgh after that.
0: Pittsburgh's hard nose, dude. If I can think of a single team that was the hardest nose hitters, it's got to be Pitt.
1: And I mean, I gave up a massive sack. I mean, just stupid stuff like that. And then, we played air force. And then I guess that was, there's somebody else in there. And so we go up to air force and my knee is just in utter turmoil. And, uh, he comes into the, the meeting room Monday morning after air force. I played terrible. we won on that last second, um, fourth down or third down conversion or whatever. And I, I mean, I just got destroyed and he looks at me and goes, uh, I just don't think your body can handle it. And I was such a Coward. At that point, I should have fired off like, "No shit, you let me have two days' of rest on a six-week recovery." But it, in that moment, like, or in in past, looking back at it, like, I have realized how much you have to stand up for yourself in moments. You have to take that opportunity, and it doesn't have to be disrespectful, but like, you've got to be willing to call people on their their BS. Yep.
0: No doubt. Um, Dad, how's your dad doing?
1: Oh, he's all right. He's all right.
0: What's he doing nowadays?
1: Uh, he is part owner of a helicopter company in the area.
0: Must be uh, flying guys out it. to oil rigs.
1: Oil rigs, yeah. A little, yeah, he got a lot of, I think they have, I don't know, 60, 70 hel- helicopters, so Goodness not gracious. a small operation. You gotta learn how to fly one of those. Nope, nope, that's one thing I would not be in, there's too many, uh, too many moving pieces. I always
0: remember the the Milky Dad being like one of the ringleaders for get togethers and stuff. You're pretty similar, though. You always had the parties yeah. uh, or, or get togethers. You had some of the, um, some good, um, not foster parents, the the Blades. What are those? The Blades.
1: Sponsor parents. Foster sponsor, sponsor yeah. parents.
0: Yeah. I yep. Ran, ran into those guys uh, this past weekend. It was great seeing them. He, he told me he saw y'all. They're still trucking, man.
1: Oh, uh, he's. He's rocking and rolling.
0: I um,
1: get up there to
0: see him. Yeah. Um, let's see. Current role. Talking about prioritization. Um, you know, what are your some of your critical few things that you have to stay focused on? Um, you know, running a Chick Fil A is. You know, to avoid distraction, to to keep progress moving. What are, what are like the top three things that's on. Your, your list, strategically, tactically, whatever it is.
1: Uh, right now we're finishing up. So my my uh, leadership tier structures is directors, shift leaders, and team members. So directors will probably be a general manager anywhere else, but our business is just too complicated and too big to have a GM system. Um, so I'm finishing up a 16-week um, training program that i built for my shift leaders, so those middle managers, what I found was I've got four directors, um, kind of coming from that leadership principle of you can truly only pour into three to five people at a time. Yep. Um, so we've got four directors, twelve to fifteen shift leaders, just kind of depending on what turnover is. Um, but I had kind of realized that I was asking the shift leaders who were managing, you know, three thousand dollar hours, just some some crazy type stuff, hundred and twenty cars an hour type deal that um, I hadn't really given them the opportunity to learn at the level that they needed to. So I spent, I don't know five months putting together this training program. So we're just kind of coming out of the back end of that. Um, but I think that the learn lesson there um, and the prioritization to answer your question is that you've got to give your people the tools to succeed. You've got to give your people the opportunity to learn the why and the how so that they're able to buy in and answer questions to those below them um, in the same form or fashion to get their buy-in, right? So I, I realized I had the director buy-in, but the ship leaders were kind of floundering. Um, and I found a Maxwell quote, John Maxwell, that was, in order to go the way, you must show show the way and know the way, or I'm butchering that, but something along those lines, right? Just to be able to go it, you have to know it and show it. And so I, I do
0: just, you do I do we do you do. Yeah.
1: Exactly, same concept. Um so we're just finishing that up and I've actually seen some very good fruits from it. It's just it's been a bear trying to get through it. So that's probably my biggest biggest number one prioritization. Number two is is uh keeping those directors happy just so that they can give me time off so that I can be with Amy and the kids when I need to.
0: Yeah, and you want them to um, make it is, through that 16 week course. That's a heck of a course, 16 weeks. <laughs>
1: It's a couple hours a week, but I mean, on top of, you know, them working 30, 45 hours a week, like it's, it's tough to find a couple hours a week.
0: Yeah. You got to carve it out, right? Right. Long term. You know and I mean? That's,
1: they're showing up trying to serve customers because the customers are paying our paychecks type deal. And so just getting them to either before they go on a eight hour shift or after an eight hour shift, they're, they're mentally worn. So you've got to do small pieces.
0: Yep. No doubt. Just keep... Chip away one at a time. That's what I tell tell my guys one day at a time. Like, don't try to get over aggressive with stuff. You know, you get over aggressive with it. Try to learn too much in a single day. You got to you got to spread it out. You are not going to remember. So it all. He said that.
1: It's so funny. He said that because one of my shift leaders was like we could have done this in one week. I was like, you wouldn't have retained two exactly. percent of this if we did this in one week. One
0: bite of the bread a, a day, right? Yeah. So that
1: prioritization to just circle back is, is those leaders, and then keeping those leaders happy so that I can spend time with amy and the kids because i mean that's at the end of the day like um marshall was talking about this you know and i've spent a ton of time in counseling and help and stuff like that but like it's, what is your identity tied to right so tomorrow they could come take my my store away from me and, and if if my identity is 100 tied to that then i'm in trouble right but if my identity is tied to a man of god a husband a father it, it'll be tough to take that away from me as long as i'm faithful and honest and, and working my hardest. And you've got your identity built up in that. Um, so, so my, you know, that's four and a half, five years of work into that point. Uh, but it's, it's a good lesson. It's a good opportunity to kind of where, where, what are you calling yourself? Who are you identifying yourself as, as opposed to what are you letting define you?
0: Yep. Me and Nishak were talking about that over the past weekend when we went to the game. Uh, it's funny. I used to make fun of a guy in high school. His name was—I'm uh, well, not going to say his name. Uh, we all called him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we called him Number One, right? Yeah. Uh, Uncle Rico, I can throw football over the mountains. because um, he was number one. Yeah. Well, dude, it's important though to you know to make yourself number one. Because if you're not number one, then you're not going to be able to pour into others, right? Got to take yeah. care of yourself. And that's
1: a that's a great point, right? Like you've got to do, whether it's mental health, physical health, spiritual health, whatever it is, you've got to be right so that you can help others in their time of need, right? Um, I heard I read a quote the other day that when work becomes the idol, rest becomes the enemy. Oh, been there. And for me, a lot of times is is trying to find, like, I, I would tie myself in, to, well, I'm just too busy to do that. And that was my identity was the busyness. Reality is like you tie yourself to that busyness where you can find 10, 15 minutes to read a book or listen to a podcast or whatever it is, pray, whatever it is. Um, and once you can separate those, you find a little bit more peace, a little bit more happiness, and then you want more of that.
0: Yes. You got it, man. You got it. We mix- So um, I'm going to jump straight to a failure story because I think – it, uh, that is like the, the biggest learning um, tool <laughs> like ever is when you fail at something real hard and then, then you learn how to uh, you know, do something differently because uh, that definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Where, where has Austin failed over the past you know, course of your life um, that you think may have uh, helped you learn? um and i was thinking about this for myself the other day like um i don't know there's so many (laughs) there's so many failures that
1: it'd be hard to pick just one so yeah i mean i like major failures i'm not sure i've seen a ton of them i mean obviously you see day in and day out failures right like management selections or managing labor or whatever um I think that probably my biggest, most recent failure was when I was going through this Chick Fil A process, which was a two-year grind trying to um, get out of the military in a appropriate time to land in a store. Um, So I got out in May of sixteen, right shortly after my daughter May was born, um, and I thought I was going to get a store in New Orleans, and I just utterly bombed the interview. it was just kind of one of those opportunities to reset, right? Like, so I had to figure out, was this something that I wanted to do long-term? If it was something that I wanted to do long-term, what kind of commitment was going to make? Oh, by the way, I had just gotten out of the military and given up my pay source, so I'm trying to balance land in a job. Um, and it was just a – it was a time where you had to – I had to figure out where my rock was, right? So it was Amy – um, and you know, I landed a job selling wastewater pumps and, and doing rentals for that. But it was, it was also a time where like I had to recommit to getting back into the Annapolis Chick-fil-A, learning more, honing my skills. Um, basically the feedback on me not getting that store was they didn't think I knew financials well enough. So I ended up taking that job, wastewater, where I had um, a pretty large territory, Southern Maryland, Eastern shore, and then DC, but I was kind of running my own business at that point. And I got an opportunity to have my own P and L uh, and, work off commission and all that stuff. And I think that that was, you know, coming out of it, that opportunity to, or so the good Lord landed me in that job, that headhunter finding me, um, having that six to eight months to really work on just, a managing a budget and, and expenses and all that was, what has set me up for better success today. So there's obviously, you know, every failure can turn into a, to an opportunity to be successful. Um, and that was probably mine. I ended up getting told no for five different stores before I was told yes. And Chick-fil-A for one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to what am I doing? What did I mess up? What can I hone? Um, and that was kind of the, the roundabout end of the story.
0: Well, that's a good story though, because it's something you wanted to do and you kept coming back and it was a five times later, boom. Especially, yeah. you know, something you're passionate about, keep chasing it, if you're doing the right thing, it's gonna happen, it's a matter of time. That's kind of how yep. I think about it, but...
1: Well, again, like go back to the beginning, right? That price of admission. So, you know, you you want to, as a sophomore, you want to make the travel team, right? You want to get to special teams and then to try to see some reps on, on third down or whatever it is, right? It's the same thing, right? you got to grind. You've got to get in the weight room. You've got to um, put in those extra reps during the summer. It, it's all the same stuff, right? It's just honing a skill. Um, and I think that, again, just to, to counter what Marshall was saying, like all of that time, all of that opportunity, all of those reps built up something in the future. And it may be our work ethic. It may be our integrity, whatever it is. But that was all paid. That was all learned. That was all given so that we have the opportunity to do what we're doing now.
0: Yep, I agree with you. It's there. Um, the part that you pay it now, and you don't get back is your physical well-being. Uh,
1: oh, trust me, my back is wrecked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were taking a picture up in Annapolis uh, at the game last week, and uh, Nick like, "Dude, I can't lift my shoulder." <laughs> he's he's beat up pretty good. I'm feeling I mean it's all over.
1: I found when I was getting out that my spine is. I've got or something like that so I mean it's just like I don't think that that's a natural thing I think that's a beat down of hitting a heavy bag a hundred times a day
0: Yeah, heavy bag that reminds me of Coach Spence
1: <laughs> on the grass.
0: what's your best Coach Spence story you got a good Coach Spence story
1: man I remember I was in uh, I guess it's freshman camp I think it may have been sophomore camp um, but one of those two, I'm young, not really sure what's going on, and, and him and Nehemiah are in the room, and Nehemiah looks at Coach Spence and his pigeon, and Coach Spence tells a story, and Spence is like, well, let me tell you about this one time me and Coach Nehemiah got in a lime green hatchback and drove up to Kenosha, Maine. And we're like, what are you talking about, Spence? He's like, we went up there to see those <laughs> What? What is an Anakite? Why are you in a lime green hatchback, and what is in Kenosha, Maine? It was it was probably the most odd story. I've never been able to connect all the dots. I've never really chased it down, but it's just kind of one of those like this dude is off his rocker.
0: Yep, yeah. my coach because Spence recruited me out of Texas, and then seeing him out there on the uh, on the playing field, I remember my uh, my memory of Coach Spence was uh, somebody was it's right before practice. He comes out, you know, he's fired up, he's ready to go. Hey, Coach, how was your summer? He's like, I got cancer.
1: <laughs> he's all still pumped. I was like, ready to go. I remember that one. Oh man! I, that one. I mean, he used to—he uh, used to tell stories about you know the triple option, the tackle. We'd have to veer. We're gonna get some pizza on the grass and veer until we're tired. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing with my life?
0: The good stuff, man. Um,
1: I thought he was coaching high school ball somewhere. I mean, I guess he's run the. Full gamut of college days. Did he go up
0: to the army with Munkin? No, he went to he went to
1: Georgia. He, was, he wasn't there, but then he got he got run from Georgia Tech for a recruiting scandal. He got run from army for a recruiting scandal, and a Ohio, recruiter. I was in high school. Yeah, he's a great recruiter. I think he probably just took the fall for most stuff, right? Yeah.
0: Who knows? Maybe we'll get him on here one day. Um, that would be awesome. <laughs> what we'll gets you? What we'll gets you in the zone? Uh, your your creative zone. Your zone of genius. Oh, I don't have any creative skills. Come on. Um,
1: in the zone. Define it for me.
0: I don't know when all pistons are firing. When you got all your, you know, you're you're energetic. Um, no matter what's going on, you're ready to, you know, pump your crew up, whatever. Or I would uh, intellectually. What?
1: What gets you thinking? Yeah. So my my. A lot of my stuff nowadays starts with spiritual life. Um, so just being in a good prayerful space, you know, probably doing daily rosaries, things like that. You know, that's crazy Catholic. Um, a lot of it starts with that. Um, but I, I, I mean, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy the opportunity to fix something. I enjoy the opportunity to improve something. Um, I'm working on like a little side project for inventory management for Chick fil A that I've got going. Um, it, it's just the opportunity to, better, whether it be people, processes, systems, whatever it is, it's it's that challenge. Um, And again, I mean, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you fail. Um, You know, me and a couple of buddies went into something a couple of months ago and it failed miserably. What was that? um, It's just, we were trying to get like a tent rental and just different stuff like that. And I mean, the tent fell twice before we got tired of putting it back up.
0: Kind of like a jumpy house rental for kids, but tents, like event tents? Wow.
1: Yeah, exactly. We were trying to kind of, you know, it's just, everything's gotten so expensive. We saw an opportunity and it just, we've since sold it and gotten out of it.
0: Dude, let's get into RV RV rental spaces.
1: RV rental spaces?
0: Yeah, everyone's going to RVs, um, you know, work from home. It's got to be a good location, though. I don't know, I think there's something. Got to
1: find a good Wi-Fi provider. Exactly.
0: Well, what's what's the next challenge? Do you have a next challenge?
1: Man, we're fighting a good challenge with my oldest right now. Uh, So Amy recognized that Joe Allen had a speech issue and a comprehension issue very early. Um, So we fought speech for probably a year and a half or so, and he's since graduated from that. But we did that from probably sometimes in his fours to possibly by the time he was six. Um, But then uh, we went through first grade last year, which is where you learn to read, and we just noticed that – he was not doing well. So we went to a local doctor who um, specializes in, he's like a clinical psychologist or something, but he specializes in um, dyslexia and ADHD. So we had him tested in first round of tests, I think was in late June, then early July. Uh, we got his results back in mid August and he's been diagnosed with uh mild case of dyslexia, but then he's got a, um, attention, deception, attention, hyper attention deficit, which falls in the ADHD category. Um, so Amy is godsend is taking a lot of it on the chest and is doing most of it. You know, she's a teacher by trade, um, that has a master's in counseling. Um, so she kind of recognized it early, but I mean, we're in a, aggressive reading program we're looking at possibly having to medicate him um it's just it's not something that i was ever expecting to have to do Um, obviously you want 10 fingers and 10 toes when they're born and then you kind of expect everything else to take care of itself Uh, but it's been a not a uh, overcomable challenge but it's certainly one that is wearing and draining so like right now we're going four days a week before school for half an hour for reading intervention. And we're having to, you know, homework is an absolute disaster having to, he's a visual learner and he uh, memorizes stuff. So we have to get everything out of a reading story to be visual. And we have to give vocabulary words to attach the pictures. And it's just it's a lot of work. And I mean, thank God Amy is as smart as she is because she is somehow figured it out. And, you know, he's doing well. Um, he's got A's and B's, and, and he's succeeding. It's just um, a very large time step. Dude, he's gifted. Yeah, and he's intelligent. And it was interesting, you know, I've learned more about him in the in this process. Um, it's funny watching him on the football field, he's the only kid that understands angles, right? So I put him at free safety. That's so what I was about to go. Anything. I held my tongue. I was like, dude, what's he good at? Because. Um, um, He's unbelievable, and he's competitive beyond all means. I mean, he has imaginary football games every afternoon in the backyard. Um, but it's like my best example is he can read. He memorized "cat," but he can't read "catch," and he can't read "catcher," so he just can't build on that stuff. So it's just figuring out how to like. We're having uh, away from that just incredible memory opportunity that he has.
0: Gotcha. I lost you there for a split second, like uh, Wi-Fi or something, but I think we, I think we pulled gotcha. most of it through. Well, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I've seen stories about that, and um, and and my my son's very similar. Um, but man, it's so gifted in other areas, it's almost like counterbalance, you know, the whole balance thing. That there's something right. else there, right? Where you may think that, you know, um, I have a child that's struggling with X, Y, and Z. Well, you know what? They're pretty dang good at A, B, and C. And it really sets him apart from the rest of the pack. My, my yeah, daughter so it, just walked in, em- looked at me funny. but
1: nope. <laughs> it's, uh, it's trying to emphasize the positives. But, like, you know, the thing at that that age for him is, is, you know, they want to read aloud in class, so he struggles. So it's making sure that there's not sneers and jeers and chuckles whenever he's doing that kind of stuff so that it doesn't you. affect him socially.
0: Dude, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I did that when I was a kid, and I broke down and cried. It was like third grade. I did that exact same thing. I was I couldn't I couldn't read as well as everybody else. But you know what? We went out and played smear the Queer, and I got my my revenge back. <laughs> Maybe that's what got me into well, like, into football.
1: It's and it's teaching Joe Allen like it's teaching Joe Allen that price of admission, right? So uh, my brother, who is a West Point graduate, we think was probably dyslexic. Still can't really read very well. Um, takes him forever. And we found out that dyslexia is hereditary. I have a cousin on my mom's side that's got it. Um, but it's like trying to inform him and confidently re re or teach him like, look, your, your uncle, your godfather went, he's got an engineering degree from West Point. Like you can do this. It's just figuring out what tools and what opportunities you need to be successful or successful. Yep.
0: Circling so. back to your tools to be successful, that is a. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I was listening to a podcast today and it said um, something about building a birdhouse with a butter knife. Are you going to follow a guy that builds a birdhouse with a butter knife? You know, brute force and ignorance versus smarter, not harder.
1: right? The, the, best, uh, the best, you know, we got, I think there's 3,500 operators or something like that in Chick-fil-A. And oftentimes when we're talking to each other, um we're talking about how crazy life is right and so we're like yeah it's kind of like flying a plane while trying to build it. oh my it's gosh like planes in the air i've heard that one too we're not quite sure what piece goes where <laughs>
0: like this plane as we fly it yeah yeah it's
1: nuts there's some Which, other it's got a go
0: ahead
1: it's got a unique uh symbolism whenever you're from a military community
0: <laughs> yeah no doubt uh, there's some other brothers that work with um, Chick Fil A, right? There's a bunch of us,
1: and there's and there's more. Um, there are just as many Academy grads that are doing it, or as there are brothers, right? So there's probably I know of I think eight or nine Academy grads, mm-hmm. and then three four of us were football players.
0: You ever work with them directly, or is it just kind of like bounce ideas off each other?
1: I mean. You know, the int- the best part about this is that we're our own unique entity. The works part about this is that we're our own unique entity. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's a franchise, so everything's kind of standard, but you still get to kind of throw your little spin on it?
1: No, nah, I mean, we, we own the people and the headache that the people can be. That's about the only thing that we truly own and manage everything else. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, cool, man. So, uh, so if I could put them crawdads on the menu, I would, but they won't let me.
0: <laughs> I would drive down to, uh, I'd figure out how to make a trip if you had crawdads on the Chick-fil-A uh, menu. <laughs> All I mean, do, crawdads, I can get out the
1: field. my father-in-law farms them, you know? It's not like I don't have access to them. Oh,
0: man, we need to go hunting one day. Not hunting, but farming, I guess. Dude, the, That'd be a fun the field, experience.
1: The keel are flying right now, man. I that. Well, be fun. We should get all the brothers down for, uh, my in-laws have a massive camp or not massive camp, but this camp that at least like 14, 15 people. We should get a brother, a brotherhood hunt going on.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so hard. I know we've tried to do that a few different times. I even said I'd make it to the last one. I didn't. Uh, I just but... think we
1: need to get something set, right? Like, so just figure out what that rotation is, whether it be a winter thing or a summer thing, just find something, get Even if you get two families together and they just keep building off of it, right? It's got
0: to be during the least likely vacation time for everyone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they're going to have the priorities of uh, the family things, the get-togethers, and, you know, summer, holiday season, probably are out of it, Um, even spring break time. The
1: problem with, like, even, like, fall break falls differently for everybody, right? Kind of the only thing that falls in some calendar of the same is summer. So it's just, like... Uh, my thought was pick a date,
0: put it on there and somebody make it and somebody don't. Yeah. And central location. And good thing about, uh, um, you know, the Kentucky area, it's kind of a hub and spoke location. So I'm just throwing that out there.
1: I think you should uh, take a lead
0: on it, brother. <laughs> I guess so.
1: Good well, man,
0: yeah, no, don't no, hit the bourbon trail. That's for sure. Um, Dude, that's all I, I wanted to really cover today. Anything else on your mind you want to share with the group for, before we close this sucker
1: out? Hope I don't sound too retarded like they were saying on the, uh, the group meeting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all we're all feeling this thing out together. I would say, um, you know, it's, everyone's story is unique. It's always going to hit someone different. The, sa- like the same message is going to hit the different people, the different ways. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm sure someone will take something away from this because I have. And that's another reason why I wanted to do it in general's. I'm trying to level up, man. Beyond on Austin. Well, here's level. some feedback
1: from the first one, right? Is, um, you know, I, I'm, I feel a little bit of shame for not having a, um, closer relationship with Marshall. Not that it's a bad relationship. Right. But it's like, dude, I went, I was at the suicide point, uh, right before Peter was born. So four years ago or so, it's just like, um, it was interesting hearing that not that he was there, but that he, you know, talked about Blake and all that stuff, um, but it's it's one of those things where like you have to you have to massage the relationships so that in times like that um, you are able to reach out to people. And luckily, like Mikey was there for me, Sander Gooster was there for me. There's a couple guys that you know I kind of relied on, um, but it, it's that important. Like, don't lose sight of the fact that just like Marshall said, don't lose sight of the fact that because distances separate us. There's not something deeper that bonds us together, whether it be one day, one week, one year since you've talked like leverage those relationships in those situations and and take care of yourself.
0: no doubt about it, everybody reach out to Austin reach out to me, reach out to Marshall, reach out to one of the guys if you ever find yourself in that I mean, situation.
1: Have, reach out to Andy lark I mean I'm sure that you know whoever it is, right Bobby whoever like you know i I still stay Bobby close Bobby's question questionable there i don't know <laughs> he made Bobby, he said about Bobby, not me <laughs> but i mean like kidding. even like i'm still very close with kennedy like you know kennedy and i still talk once twice a month so it's just you know whoever it is
0: awesome okay dizzle good uh good dude for sure good people all right man well appreciate your time today uh wrapping up episode two uh awesome time loved it and uh until next
1: time appreciate it sir thanks brother appreciate it bye